get myself sorted. Welcome. Hi, everyone. Welcome to History After Dark. Uh, it's not History After Dark. It's Thursday Tea Time Live. I don't know where I am, but I do know I'm a little bit late, so I do apologise for that. Um, hopefully, you can still join me. Hopefully, um, you're not too put off by the half past start time <laughs> instead of the on the hour uh, start time. I am streaming live on Instagram and on YouTube and today I've got a few things for you. Um, hi everyone, I can see you all joining. Um, hi everyone joining on YouTube as well. Um, please say hi in the comments. Let me know where you're coming from. Hi everyone, I can see you all coming in. I hope you're well. Um, so today I was going to tell you about my little trip to Harvington Hall. I know we spoke about Harvington Hall before but um, I was there yesterday. Hi Jenna, hi uh, Lisa, hi Anne, Don. Carla, um, Massimo Max from Rome. Oh, thank you for coming every week. That's so sweet. Um, yeah, apologies for being late. My life is not particularly running to a very good schedule at the moment, but I am still here. I am still around. So let's talk some history. So uh, yesterday, yeah, I was at Harvington Hall. So I'll tell you a bit more about that. Um, I also wanted to mention a uh, historian interview that's gone live uh, this week which was with Dr. Cat about Arbella Stewart, so we'll talk about that. Um, another one that's gone live for patrons, and you can expect if you are on my Substack um, to get a notification about this coming Sunday, which is my interview with um, Kate McCaffrey, which I remembered last week I um, said I was going to talk about, and then I don't think I did, so let's do that this week. Um, hello, Gab. Perfect time for me. Just made a cuppa. Absolutely fabulous. Um, uh, I think we've got a little bit of spam. Let me just get rid of that, please. Cool, done. Let's block those. We don't want any crypto type uh, sales going on in my comment section. Uh, we have enough to deal with without that. Um, I've got some uh, a request for questions. Oh, thank you, Jill. Will buy me a badge? Yes, I should say thank you, everyone, for um, Mayfair Forest Witch. Hello. Uh, Mayfair Forest Witch has put together some lovely, some really funny um, and cool little like memes from our History After Dark show, um, which unfortunately I couldn't take part in last night, but I've seen the ones from last night, it looks very funny. Um, yes, yeah, so I've got a request for questions because I am about to, uh, well in a few weeks time, I have another historian that I am interviewing, um, which is one of the books that I wanted to talk to you about today, so we'll come back to that. Um, that might be, that might be all. Let's get started, shall we? Uh, I will apologise straight off that I don't have my poppy on. I can't, I can't find where I've put it. Um, it's downstairs somewhere and it was getting a bit late, so I, I should have a poppy on because of course this, um, well tomorrow's Remembrance Day, Sunday's Remembrance Sunday, so, um, sorry let me just see the comments massimo max i'm going to book my ticket for the stewart summit at the end of this live thank you for everything and thank you for reminding me about the other two things i was going to talk about actually i have the actual um timetable for the stewart summit which is happening from the 18th till the 20th of november it's all online you can join from wherever you are in the world and in fact if you can't join live it doesn't matter either you can get hold of all of the videos until the uh, the talks until the end of January so I'll come back to that and tell you about that um, and also if you are a patron of um, Natalie Gruniger I'll mention this now I'm live on her show um, on Saturday it's my Saturday night eight o'clock which I think is Natalie's um, Saturday no Sunday morning sometime anyway <laughs> wherever time zone you're in, um, I will be with Natalie on that Saturday night, my time, um, talking about Tudor places to go and visit and my favourite places and underrated places perhaps and where I wish was still here to go and see. Um, so I'll be talking to Natalie all about that on Saturday. Uh, so yesterday, um, I was at Harvington Hall. Now, Harvington Hall was closed to the public yesterday, but I met there with Phil Downing, who is an incredible ambassador. He's the house manager there. He's an incredible ambassador for the house. Um, and uh, met with him, uh, him and, and, and James, who is the assistant manager, 
who I did once refer to as caretaker, which apparently is causing all sorts of in-jokes in the office now. Um, not that I think a caretaker is a particularly uh, lowly role. He's uh, He does a very, very good job. And uh, they, um, yeah, they were uh, with us yesterday and they, they, they had me and Deb Royal from Tudor Times, um, who you might know does Tudor Times, sorry, Tudor Places, uh, she does Tudor Times and she does Tudor Places magazine. She's the editor of Tudor Places magazine. So I met Deb there. That was Deb's first time at Harvington Hall. And um, it's about 10 minutes away. So anyone who doesn't know, uh, from me, so but anyone who doesn't know what Harvington Hall is, it's um, a very, well, it's a perfect example, in fact, of an Elizabethan house. It's a moated manor house and it is... You, you go it's the gift that keeps on giving you you go into another room and another room and another room and you might see similar features in other places but you've got them all together so for instance um original floorboards original paneling on the walls hi marie thank you um it's a lot of makeup today <laughs> um a lot of uh, so you've got original floorboards there you've got original paneling you've got the original layout of the house um you have wall paintings, a plethora of wall paintings. You have seven priest hides, which I learnt yesterday were referred to at the time as conveyances. I don't know if I haven't looked at the etymology of that, as in why that would have been used um, by priest hunters to describe these hiding places they were looking for, but they were they were referred to them as conveyances. Um, and Harvington has seven. Now Harvington had two wings so it was originally um four you know four wings <laughs> with, a, with a courtyard in the middle so a square uh and it was originally that and two of them have gone so two of the ranges if you like were destroyed were dismantled completely down to their foundations so the foundations don't even exist possibly to reuse the stone not sure um well that wasn't the reason they were dismantled but dismantled to the point of there being no foundations left so um so Harvington it's very likely had even more than seven priest hides and um but you can still see seven so it has priest hides it has wall paintings um original floorboards original paneling original layout um and some of the uh, wall painters are actually quite unique as well if any of you have ever in fact I'll, I'll pop some photos on after this if any of you have seen the staircase at Harvington not the actual staircase but the wall there is it um almost looks like you remember when you were a kid and you did like you you picked up paint in a straw and blue and it, it made that scatter pattern it almost looks like that is the technique for by which the the walls have been painted um and it's red yellow blue mm, I don't I can't remember if there was green in there with a black solid black border around each wall <coughs> excuse me and um really quite incredible must have been really garish must have been really garish and Harvington Hall was reconfigured um uh, by Nicholas Owen which you might have heard of Jill Will Montacute House no uh, I haven't been Montacute House is on my list I do you know towards the end of this year if you will indulge me I'm going to share with you where I've been I'm going to do a bit of a review of the places I've been this year and tell you about them it's it's actually huge though maybe I'll, maybe it'll be the run-up to Christmas um and which ones I've been to before and which ones were brand new I actually have gone to quite a few brand new ones it's good to keep a list because you you can um remind yourself just how much you've done in a year I think it can be it can be easy to forget um and uh uh, sorry, so Mayfair Forest Witch on YouTube. Since today Catherine's not with us, I hope there's a free... Yeah, it is a free space for tea lovers. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, Catherine Brooks, not just the Tudor tracker, admitted that she doesn't drink tea. Who doesn't drink tea? Sheesh. Especially not in England. That's, that's just not allowed. Um, Jill Will, yes, please do let me know how much you enjoyed it. Let me know what it's like. Um, 
and I'm going to arrange to get going there. Yes, there are quite a few places. In fact, what I might do as well is share with you the places that I wanted to go and didn't manage to go, which will be on my 2023 list. Who can believe we're in, nearly in 2023? Um, and uh, before I go on, sorry, I must say thank you, Jill Will, for the badge. If you want to support me on Instagram, you can now buy me badges and it will go towards a new microphone. Um, if I can show you, it is currently attached to this one. Apologies for those on YouTube and me just moving the microphone, but <laughs> it's currently attached to that one because I need a new lapel mic. Um, and on YouTube, you can buy me super chats, I believe, if you want to. Um, so yes, yeah, so Harvington Hall, it's full. So I will share some photographs with you. Deb Broyle from Tudor Times, it was her first visit there. And, um, and she was just wowed. And actually it's, I don't know how many times I've been because it, it is only up the road from me. And it was fantastic taking um, taking someone there or being with somebody when they are there for the first time. Now that happened in July. I took people there as part of the Life and Times of Elizabeth I tour. And in fact, it's in with the um, Elizabeth the first and Mary Queen of Scots tour next year which has places if you're interested it's next September September 2023 and you can find details of that tour in uh, my bio and on the website which is britishhistorytours.com um, it topped it topped the rankings of places that people had seen on that tour um, such as its completeness um, its the, the, the amount that's in there. Oh, it's got an original kitchen. And this kitchen, this is interesting. This kitchen, because please, if you are Tudor lovers and you go to lots of Tudor places, look out for this. Tell me if there's anywhere else that has done this. They, There was an original um, medieval uh, house there. And the Elizabethan house has sort of been built up and around it. One of the things they added was a kitchen. And the kitchen is built around the well and there's a freshwater well the, the well actually um, so the moat around Harvington is fed by a stream which comes via some ponds and the well water is that water so that's already fresh water that has come into the moat and then gone through filtered through the sandstone and into the well and they've had it tested and it is actually safe to drink whether you would want to or not might be another matter however um, clearly they did and used it seems very sensible <laughs> actually when you think about it because the biggest risk to buildings at this time pre well prior to this and after this was fire while fire was the primary um, cooking uh, method and uh, lighting method now you've got two big ovens at Harvington Hall two big fireplaces one um, for roasting and one for boiling and this well is in the middle so not only is it convenient for water supply um, but also if there's a fire uh, in the kitchen they've got a water supply right there so it, it almost seems so obviously logical now but I don't think I've seen anywhere else and Deb was well Deb said this first um, I don't think I've seen anywhere else where the kitchen in Elizabethan house has been built around the well or a medieval house but anyway so if any of you know of any um or you find any let me know please um mayfair forest which uh, on youtube conveyance sounds better than priest hole indeed <laughs> indeed um yeah so and in fact phil phil is doing um there's a podcast him and natalie gruninger have got a podcast going live i think it's this weekend about priest hides um and he goes into this, but I'm, I don't think they know yet, uh, or more investigation needs to be done as to why they use the word conveyance. They were looking for conveyance, uh, not a priest hide or, or a priest hole. So um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe somebody out there does. Like, why do we use the word convey conveyancing, obviously, for um, land law and things? So um don't know. Maybe it's something to do with that. I but I would like to know. But listen, yeah, so Phil uh, is the house manager there and he's he's done a, a podcast with Natalie Greeniger, which is Talking Tudors, which um, I think I think I think that goes live soon anyway. He was mentioning it yesterday. Um, it, we were there for four hours. Bless him. He, uh, he, he showed us around. It, it, such is the detail. So 
Um, it's not the easiest place to get to because it is up in the Midlands. It's um, it's in a place called, well, it's, it's just outside of Kidderminster it's in Harvington. Hi, Chewingums. Bit late joining, but good afternoon. Everyone hope everyone in the UK had slightly nicer weather the last few days. It's been raining so much recently. Hmm. 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 <laughs> it's November. Anyway, you're not really late because we started at half past today. Hmm. So I was just talking about Harvington Hall, which is where I was yesterday with uh, Deb Royal from Tudor Times and Phil Downing, the house manager at Harvington, was showing us around. Um, and they are constantly finding out things about the house. So I said that the layout of the house is as it was. Um, now, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's immediately obvious what each room was used for, um, how it was used and how it might have changed over time, the use of that room. Hi, Colleen in California, how are you? How are you doing? Lavender Borneo, uh, Elenia? Jilly, hi, welcome. Welcome and welcome everyone watching on YouTube as well. Um, yeah, so it was, she was still at Rumble then, I hope you didn't, I've just announced it anyway. Um, so yeah, Harvington was um, beautiful. It, like I say, it topped the list of um, people, who, people who came on the July tour, we went to lots of different places and Harvington was, was near the top or at the top of most people's lists of where we'd been. So if you do get a chance to visit the Midlands you'll probably need a car um or you can come on tour with me <laughs> hi uh Donna Louise um Marie I was happy for a total of three and a half minutes today there was torrential rain for that time and it stopped as abruptly as it started oh are you, <laughs> you like the rain <coughs> I actually don't mind being inside when it's raining it's kind of a cozy feel um it's a bit of a bummer if you've got to go out there isn't it um, hi recap um, welcome everyone thank you for joining me today um, so it's Thursday tea time live I'm, I'm streaming live on Instagram and YouTube and if you want to support me you can buy badges on Instagram and you can buy super chats on uh, YouTube and I will give you a shout out if you do that because I'm really really grateful um, so that was Harvington now um, if, I will share some photographs of Harvington later on I took a few yesterday but we were so into talking about the house, the new things that Phil is finding out all of the time, the house manager, um, they are getting work done on the house, investigation all the time, coming up with, um, well, trying to reveal its secrets, I suppose. I think he calls it the house of secrets. Um, now, if you get my newsletter and if you don't, why not? You need to subscribe to my Substack, it's free. You get it every Sunday and in there, uh, I will share some more photographs as well. If you're a patron though, of course, you get more behind the scenes photographs of everywhere I go. So um, that's five pounds a month if you're interested in becoming a Patreon. And I'll get back to another reason why you might wanna do that in a, in, in a short while. Uh, but I'm actually back at Harvington tomorrow night. Manor by Moonlight. It's completely sold out. Um, but I will be back. Oh, thank you, Clean. Thank you for the badge. Lots of love. Um, yeah, so back, I'm back at Harvington tomorrow night in the dark. It's only lit by candlelight. Something like, what did he say? 400 candles or something? Um, oh, obviously the, the electronic ones to be, uh, or the LED ones to be, to be safe. But he says it's pitch black. Other than the candlelight. Like without the candlelight, if you're in a room where there's nothing, there is no light whatsoever. Which I know sounds very... <laughs> obvious when you say it um but we're not used to it i mean where i i don't go anywhere personally where there's not some sort of light even when i was uh in a field camping in this in the summer you've still got a light from the toilet block or whatever um and yeah so this 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 house is just lit by candlelight so um i'll be there tomorrow so i don't i think we can take photographs so if i can um thank you brie for the badge thank you so much really really appreciate it um yeah, so if you, um, yeah, so if I can take photos, but it's a performance, so I don't want to put off the performance. Now, what did, how many people did he say there were? I think he said there's 38 um, volunteers straight performers tomorrow night, or volunteers who are performing, um, and 
you get the feel now this is interesting let me keep you for this one you get the feel of what the house would be like when people lived there when there were servants there when there was the family there um hi silkworm and cotton tails nice to uh, nice to have you live um because if you well i um oh thank you windy art shusin shusin <laughs> thank you so much for the badge thank you good morning Rennie. good morning trav hi sons sons derek and king magoo welcome omega ome makarai <laughs> thank you very much hi welcome thanks for joining um so yes yeah, so tomorrow night i'll be at harvington hall it's this performance there's 38 performers and it gives you the feel of what the house would have been like because we either go to places um hi trav we either go to places when they are busy with tourists or if you're lucky and i have been lucky on a few occasions empty or quiet or close to the public and, and i know i get you know that's lovely i get the opportunity and you can soak up the atmosphere of the building but what you don't get is a real sense of what this would have been like if people had actually been living and working there and this is what i'm going to be able to get um from visiting harvington tomorrow so if you get my newsletter i will no doubt be speaking about that in my newsletter on sunday um oh doug a conveyance in vehicle design is the space for the person so the cabin or carriage is it in this sense perhaps quite possibly so conveyance if anyone has just joined us we we're talking about um, harvington has seven priest hides and uh, likely had way more because there's two wings of the house that are now completely gone um but when a priest hunter was looking for a priest they weren't looking for a priest hide they wouldn't have referred to it as that um phil was telling us yesterday they would refer to these hides these places where they might find a priest hiding as a conveyance so and doug's just said that actually is the term in a vehicle design for the place the person goes the cabin of a of a, of a vehicle so yeah that's the well that that sounds pretty close to me i shall pass it on to phil and see what he thinks <laughs> um so yes yeah, so pick if you want to pick up my newsletter it is free it's a substack newsletter and all you have to do is after this is finished is go to the link in my bio um i will put it in the links under this video on youtube um and and go and just sign up for free and it drops into your inbox on a sunday if i upload a podcast you get extra emails because the podcast is actually now hosted on substack you can get the podcast on spotify and apple and other places as well um which filter through from apple and spotify i don't know how it works but look it up it's just british history you'll see my face um so you should be able to find it and uh if you can't you can go on the substack but it's hosted on the substack so every time i make a podcast live which i did yesterday which i'll tell you about in a moment then you will get a notification as well about that um jenna i really like the idea of turning off the electricity and taking in the candlelit rooms the other thing that phil mentioned of course is that so when they're doing um events at historic houses and they are candlelit um Oh, I had I had the very good fortune of being in Peterborough Cathedral, and it when it was just candlelit. That was January twenty twenty, um, and uh, it, it's incredibly atmospheric. But of course, candles are expensive, were expensive, are expensive, were expensive. So people would walk around with a candle. The whole place wouldn't have been lit by candles like we would see it now. Um, but probably would have had their individual candles because they're it's too much it's too expensive it's like you don't leave the light on um unless you're a teenager when you leave the room um so i can't wait so anyone who's just joined sign up for if you if you sign up for my newsletter i will be talking about my nighttime visit to harvington hall i no doubt uh in there on uh on sunday it's a free newsletter so um 
so that's Harvington. So I'm probably going to talk to you about that next week on Thursday Tea Time Live as well. So let's move on. <laughs> now, anyone, um, I know there's some of you who are about to sign up for the Stuart Summit. Some of you, a lot of you already have. So let me give you a little bit of detail about what is actually happening. So any of you who don't know about this, um, I wanted to create uh, Genesis. Candles are expensive still. Beeswax is still expensive. Yeah, I mean, it is, isn't it? And I've got one. Oh, you, can, you can just see it in the blurry background that that's a personalized candle by the way that was a birthday present from my sister apparently it's some kind of smell that I like which is good <coughs> I do like it so so it worked um yes yeah, so the Stuart Summit the Stuart Summit I wanted to create an online history festival I've spoken about this before but any of you have not heard me speak about it we, we have a fantastic autumn season in the UK of history festivals and I know I know over in America you have some brilliant um, festivals as well um, um, but here I mean I only know what what we do um, you can go to a location and they'll have a numerous they'll have numerous speakers on over a weekend or slightly or maybe a long weekend and you you pay per talk so you can pick and choose what you go and see and I was very fortunate to hear Estelle Peronk speak recently, Dan Jones, and um, and the author of this book, which I'll come back to later, um, Joanne Paul. So all of these speakers I've been able to listen to in the last mm, month or so, Colleen, they must be hardwired flicking candles. Please take a pick up account. Yes, I will take pictures if um, if we are allowed to. I will take some pictures. I'm sure I'll be able to get grab one or two um, if you're a patron and I manage to take pictures you will definitely get to see them I will post them in patreon um, and if you want to join patreon it's patreon.com forward slash British history that's where you'll find me and you get all sorts of stuff like um, like extra photos when I go places that I don't share anywhere else um, Brie really enjoyed your talk with Kat about our Bella Stewart yes so let's segue. I'm going to come back to that as well because um, thank you for if I don't if I don't mention that straight after this, remind me again because I want to tell you because uh, anyone who hasn't seen the interview with Kat about our Bella Stewart, it is on YouTube and it's um, and it's now live on the podcast. So anyone who is already signed up to my Substack, you probably got a notification yesterday letting you know that that interview is available on the podcast. Um, I'm very happy that I've managed to set up the podcast again. Some of you were already listening to my podcast regularly. Um, some of you may be listening on it now because this Thursday Tea Time Live also now goes onto the podcast. Um, and I broke the link. I managed to break my own podcast. <laughs> Whoops. So um, anyway, it is now back up and running. And on there is the interview about Arbella Stewart. So Arbella Stewart um, is is not in this time, this Stewart Summit. But so been to these uh, history festivals and I'd already had the idea for the Stewart Summit. It was already in progress anyway, but I realised this is actually what the Stewart Summit is. Uh, it's an online history festival, which is why you might have seen me refer to it as such. Um, and uh, And I'm hoping to repeat it. Um, go into different eras, different topics perhaps, but this time it's the Stuarts. Now, let's take you into the Stuart era. I know lot of, lots of you are um, Tudor oriented, myself included, but you just have to dip your toe into the Stuart era to realise, oh, there's quite a lot here that we can get our teeth into. Uh, whatever you like, whatever you like, religion, fashion, food, politics whatever it is that attracts you to the Tudor court you will find also in abundance in the Stuart court um, the lineup of speakers is particularly impressive um, we have Tracy Borman uh, Julian Humphreys Leander Delisle Antonia Keeney uh, Aleary Lynn who is fantastic they're all fantastic Dr Kat Marchant who just done the interview with about our Bella Stewart and um, and Gareth Russell, who I'm also going to come back to about something else shortly. Uh, Jenna, technically they are Tudors. Um, yeah, they start getting very mixed <clears throat> as well. Well, they're all they're all they're all related. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Jill will let toe dipping commence. <laughs> Indeed. Come dip your toe in the Stuart era with us. Now the talks will go live over the weekend and I'll give you the schedule in a minute. But if you can't make any of the uh, the talks, they're all available until the end of January. However, you have to have bought your ticket by the 18th of November because tickets are only on sale until the 18th of November. But after that time, you, you'll be able to get hold of the uh, the talks for quite a while afterwards. Um, Silkworm and Cottontails, I'm looking forward to it. I think the Stuarts are fascinating too. Great lineup. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm yeah, really excited about it. Um, Brie, looking forward to the summit. Fantastic. Um, there are two live events as well, so I'll just mention those quickly. Um, we have a, a author and historian live panel on the Saturday night, so on the 19th. That's eight o'clock um, GMT time, which me means it makes it noon West Coast time, um, 3 p.m. East Coast time. And if you're down in Australia, I'm not quite sure. I got it wrong because it's not 12. You're not 12 hours ahead. It's maybe a bit early in the morning, six something like that and the you can but you can submit questions beforehand so if you're not gonna be able to make it but you have a burning question um then then please submit it we have um five authors and then also antonia keeney and hopefully dr cat will also be on that panel so you can you can come along and ask your questions the other live event is the closing event the bring your own bottle just for fun quiz <laughs> um based on all the talks that we'd have had please if you even if you haven't caught all the talks by that point but you are around for the live quiz um come and come and come and join in anyway it is just a fun you're going to be marking your own paper uh and it's up to you whether you do that in a political <laughs> in a politician's fashion or your or your own fashion uh completely up to you uh, but bring something but you know, if it's early in the morning, you might want a cup of tea. I think Catherine and I may have a glass of wine with this. Um, and it will the, the questions will all be based on the talks. So even if you haven't seen some of the talks, you're going to learn uh, from the answers. Uh, um, oh, my journalist, in case you noticed me buying my ticket, ticket soon as it was announced. Yes. So the, the, um, the tickets... Uh, on Patreon, so patrons get a 10% discount. So if you are a patron, make sure you go to Patreon and follow the link to get your ticket because there's a 10% discount. Um, they uh, were aiming for about 100 max, um, but don't really have to limit it. So it's so I've just left it open. Um, uh, Chingham's, I'm not going to lie, since I've been watching Thursday Tea Time Live, my general knowledge has improved. Excellent. <laughs> Pub quiz, here we come. Uh, whenever the chase is on TV, I feel I know a lot more of the answers on history questions than I ever did. Oh, that's a bit of a test then, isn't it? So good. That's fantastic. Um, well, so let's tell you a little bit more. So Tracy Borman will be, uh, her talk will be going live. We've got a little bit of an opening um introduction me and Catherine uh at eight o'clock on the Friday the 18th uh followed by a talk by Tracy Borman so Tracy is talking about James the first and the English witch hunts and this is the real history behind her witches trilogy now she she actually has written a book called James the first and the um English witch hunts and so, she, so she's talking about the real history behind the fiction and also why she chose to write a fiction, um, why a fiction book wasn't enough to um, to portray that the life and <laughs> these times, why, you know, she goes into why James was such a, um, <laughs> so big on witch hunting. Um, and it's fascinating it's fascinating and scary which i think you'll enjoy now that talk will be followed by a talk um it was an in conversation but it's from julian humphreys um so um that is about the english civil wars don't let that put you off if you think oh it's a battlefield it's boring um i've i've watched the videos through because i or the talks through because obviously i've been editing it 
it's absolutely fascinating whatever you think you know about the civil wars and if you don't know anything then then this will be fantastic but even if you think you do and i've 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 actually titled it reformation not revolution because one of the most interesting things is the uh, for me anyway watching it um and for you hopefully when you watch it is um the actual aims of um of these of the of the english civil wars um was it to overthrow the king or was it not and it's 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 fascinating so those two talks will be on friday night saturday we start off with leander delisle whose accent you are going to just adore <laughs> oh she went, it's brilliant uh, she's talking about henrietta maria the black legend versus the real woman Henrietta Maria was the Catholic wife of Charles I, so it's great link back into Julian Humphrey's talk the previous night. Good afternoon, Michael. How are you doing? Um, so, uh, yes, yeah, so she's talking about Henrietta Maria, the, the Catholic wife of the uh, the Protestant Charles I, um, and what is um, the truth of her story. Jenna, really looking forward to it. I'm going to buy my ticket for the Stuart uh, for the summit. Sorry, after the live. Thank you very much. Fantastic. Um, then we have a talk from Antonia Keeney. Antonia Keeney, you may have seen because she's actually on my YouTube channel. I've interviewed her in the past. She's a social historian at Blenheim Palace. Blenheim Palace was the um, country seat, little little place in the country whoo, for built for or by the first duke of marlborough and his wife sarah churchill the first duchess of marlborough um who is the topic of antonia's talk so it's it's a talk but again i'm sort of in the background um in conversation but it but it's a talk from her uh and it's called sarah churchill the indomitable duchess and um We've spoken before about Sarah Churchill, most definitely. Marie always points out it is, um, <laughs> she's the one who had a hissy fit and got rid of Woodstock Palace, which was true. I mean, that's shorthand for it, but yes. Massimo Max, um, the online streamings are going to be published on a private YouTube channel. So um, what will happen is I'm selling the event through Eventbrite. There will be a page. So once you buy your ticket, and once I've put that page live, which is going to be in the probably the end of tomorrow, you will see the schedule for the week. And on each, uh, for each talk, there will be a link and that link will go live at the specified time and then will be live until the end of January. I hope that makes sense. But yes, they're all on YouTuber. Uh, YouTuber? <laughs> YouTube. Bill, am I a researcher of history? <coughs> um... So, excuse me a moment. Mm. So I, um, <laughs> Marie, yeah, I do love to hate that woman. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm actually very welcome. Uh, well, I do research history. I research history like anyone, I suppose, who is interested in history, but I do a lot of traveling, um, and speaking to historians, speaking to, um, uh, people who work at different properties trying to piece things together and my uh i suppose my main route into this uh was i, I run a i run a tour company called british history tours and uh, so of course i do a lot of research for the the tours but of course now uh, have the youtube channel patreon and substack so there's a lot going on but all to do with history so um yeah so you can get get what you like uh hopefully uh, get what you want from from me um then we have the live q a um panel which is the saturday night so then sunday morning illiri lynn if you haven't heard illiri lynn speak before you are in for a treat she's talking about styling styling the stewards um so how they used fashion um to purvey particular messages um what their clothing said about them but actually also literally how you style a steward <laughs> how they would have been dressed um 
like physically how how you put it together put an outfit together it, it, it's fascinating that's the first talk on the sunday morning followed by dr cat cat marchant who uh in conversation with uh catherine is talking about propaganda through imagery the divine right to rule so this this idea the stuart side well james james the first and charles the first most, def most certainly had about the divine right to rule that by the way changes as you go through the stuart era but um they had this absolute belief in divine right to rule um which is interesting then if you think of it in the context with charles the first and his catholic wife henrietta maria um because their religions were so strong with both of them and yet um opposed to each other um which is where leander's talk comes in so you'll enjoy that so so yeah cat's talking about dr cat is talking about the um the use of imagery the stewards use of imagery to put across this um idea this belief in the divine right to rule that they have our final talk is by gareth russell you will love this one. Charles the first, Charles, sorry, excuse me, Charles the second, the party king, the politics of promiscuity. And uh, so that is our finale talk, but not our event finale, because that is the quiz which will follow the final talk. So that the quiz will be at eight o'clock uh, on the Sunday evening. Um, both the live events will be um, available to view afterwards if you wish anyway um melissa there is a three-part series about the downfall of charles the charles the first on prime Ooh, excellent might be worth a catch of that um thank you there's five of you who've bought me a badge on instagram today thank you so much if any of you want to buy me a badge i'll be incredibly grateful it does help me keep going um marie they really did not have um they really did not have global warming back then because I remember Dr. Cat mentioning all the undergarments worn. No, there was a mini ice age in the, um, a mini cooling period in the Tudor times, um, which is yeah, why they could manage so many layers. However, we do, right, we actually had this discussion somewhere. I think it might have been in the heat wave this summer and um, we were at Harvington, in fact, when it was 40 degrees and... Uh, Phil and James, who's the assistant manager, um, not the caretaker apparently, in joke, he, uh, sorry, they were dressed up and now they were down to their linen shirts and some sort of puffy trousers. Anyway, <laughs> and tights, <laughs> so it's not a lot. Now, you're not going to have your portrait taken like that. And if you are... Mm, you know the normal population you're also not even going to be dressed uh in all those kind of layers anyway i suppose they're going to be looser they're going to be not as extravagant you're not going to have bits that are for fashion not for purpose um so i think i think perhaps there's some some interesting discussion point there to be had about well yeah but um is everything that they're depicted wearing what they would actually wear if it was massively hot or we're just assuming it wasn't massively hot i don't know i don't know anyway that's just something i was thinking about um came up in a conversation so so there you go so that's the lineup i will um i will publish the lineup uh again so you'll see it it will be in my substack newsletter this weekend so if you're not already subscribed to my substack if you head to my bio um on instagram after this then you'll find the link to it um i probably should know it off by heart i'm on as philippa b so you can find me on substack as philippa b so that's the uh, stuart summit now i shouldn't move on without talking about gareth because so our last speaker for the Stuart Summit is Gareth Russell, I've just said, talking about um, Charles the Second Party King. But of course, Gareth has a new book out. Um, and I'm not plugging this for any other reason than, well, it's fabulous and he's my friend. <laughs> uh, have any of you got this book already? Chewing gums. And these days people just go shopping in their pyjamas. They, too many people I'm seeing out. Bring back some shame. 
let's not be wearing our pyjamas outside the house. This is Gareth's new book. Do let's have another drink. Ah, Colleen's just finished it. Fantastic. I am, I'm only just, just, I'm there. So I'm about to go into part two. Now, Gareth will be joining me and the girls on History After Dark in a couple of weeks' time. So uh, I'm sure we're going to get on to talking about his book. Gareth is also my co-host. He is the tour historian on my tours. So if you love Gareth and you're thinking about coming on a tour with me, then you get Gareth as well. You get Gareth. I'm showing a picture. This is his book. That's This is obviously not Gareth. This is the Queen Mother. Actually, let's show you a picture of Gareth. Here he is. There's the lovely Gareth. And uh, yeah, so you get to... You get to speak to, to Gareth lots if you come on a tour with me. Um, and so so Gareth will be on History After Dark in a couple of weeks' time. Um, he's also written a fantastic book, which I've mentioned a f quite a few times before, on the Titanic. And if you want to look on my YouTube, um, there's an interview with Gareth about the Titanic, um, which clearly somebody hadn't watched <laughs> before they commented. <laughs> because he goes into, and it's more in the book, but he goes into quite a lot of detail as to um, the whole lifeboat situation on the Titanic. More lifeboats would have saved more people is way too simplistic and reductionist. And he actually goes into why that is not necessarily or at all the case. Um, anyway, someone just wrote underneath, if there were more lifeboats, more people would have got off. And like, you didn't watch the interview. Um, Marie, I do it, sorry, if I'm grocery shopping and I'm all fuzzy. Jammies, Cardi and Uggs. <laughs> okay, well, at least you put your Uggs on. I've seen slippers recently in the street. Uh, uh, uh. No, thank you. So, um, yeah, so Gareth is speaking on, on the Stuart Summit. The other person who is speaking on the Stuart Summit, who I've got something else to tell you about, is Dr. Kat, who we do History After Dark with. Oh, I, I, Catherine and I do History After Dark with. Um, uh, and uh, you, you can only say there he is like that when you're talking about a dog. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. Uh, well, apologies. Uh, so, yes, Kat. Now, her interview... Um, that I did with her about Arbella Stewart. So that was originally uh, filmed for Patreon. Excuse me. So if you're in my Patreon, um, you've got 12 months exclusive access to quite a bit of material. After the 12 months, then I'm releasing bits and bobs. And one of them was this interview with uh, with Kat about Arbella Stewart. Arbella Stewart is a first cousin of James I, uh, James I of England, James VI of Scotland. Uh, she was born on English soil. And she was a contender for Elizabeth I's throne. Um, Amy went shopping in her PJs when she had flu. It's fair enough. To be fair, you did well getting out and going shopping. Oof. Yeah, that's a kind of just want to stay in bed thing. Um, so, uh, what was I saying? Sorry, Amy. <laughs> Amy, I got through by your, thrown by your stellar, uh, stellar efforts there. Um, so yeah, or better Stuart, sorry, first cousin of James I um, of England. So uh, English born um, and Kat goes into um, her life, who she was and um, who she was raised by, which is very interesting. She was a granddaughter of Bess of Hardwick and uh, Mar Margaret Douglas. She was really being educated to be a potential, uh, to be queen. And there is, um, we discuss about whether or not um, she, uh, w whether or not she was being um, sort of, yeah made ready for the throne because of course elizabeth isn't leaving any heirs and she will not talk about who is her heir and arbella has got a very strong claim to the throne so if you'd like to see or hear that interview i would thoroughly recommend it you will enjoy it it's on youtube and it's on the podcast so the british history podcast um soul shine so she was a as in she was a rival to um, to inherit 
Elizabeth I's throne. Um, yes, indeed, indeed. But Elizabeth was um, reckless, you could say. I think um, you could argue uh, with the succession. Um, we think of Henry VIII as... Um, we think of Henry VIII as being this uh, hypochondriac who was scared of illness, he was scared of death and he wouldn't allow anyone to talk of death, of his death. Um, and Elizabeth really wasn't that much different. Um, and she just did not want to talk about the succession. And really that's quite reckless. Uh, she, she didn't just not want to talk about it, she actively got rid of um, the Grey Sisters and, um, and really Arbella. So anyway, watch the interview with Kat, you'll enjoy it, or you can listen on the podcast. So if you're driving around, uh, you can, uh, yeah, enjoy that. Enjoy Kat and I's dulcet tones to keep you, uh, yeah, interested, awake. Um, Jenna says, yeah, I agree she was, considering her father was hell-bent on securing the line, yeah. Uh, Brie, I think Elizabeth delayed for so long because she knew once she named an heir, the focus would move to them. And that, yeah, that is, um, yes, that is a valid, that, that, that was what I think she was concerned about. She talks about how people look to the rising, not the setting sun, I think. Um, Marie, makes sense. She was her father's daughter, so she must have taken him, uh, after him too. Yeah. Um, there was definitely a risk in naming an heir. Um, however, to <laughs> to <coughs> to get rid of them uh, in one way, shape or form was uh, leaving the country um, vulnerable. If you want to read another great book, so if you want to read the book about the Grey Sisters, um, The Sisters Who Would Be Queen by Leander Delisle is a must. It, really really good in fact read read that one um alongside um estelle pronk's um blood fire and gold and and watching and listening to cat's interview with me about arbella stewart uh for a nice all-round understanding of of that topic um now was there anything else i wanted to say about that probably not just check it out now the house of dudley has anyone read this book yet Get in focus by Joanne Paul. So I was lucky enough to go and listen to a talk by Joanne, like I mentioned earlier at Warwick Words Festival. We're actually in St Mary's Church, Warwick, which you can see a couple of reels uh, that I've done from there. Uh, that is the burial place of Robert Dudley. Um, yeah, Marie, also fear of naming her heir, sorry, of the named heir had it having a reason to usurp her so avoided it oh yeah there was a definite fear there it's whether or not that was um a good enough reason to <laughs> to 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 not get it not get the succession sorted but the house of dudley joanne's book is fun is fascinating because um because the dudley family i think i spoke about this last week didn't i the dudley family um are they're running parallel to the Tudor monarchs um, and you've got two two generations that end up as well convicted and executed as traitors Edmund Dudley um, is is dispatched by Henry VIII um, but he'd been Henry one of the Henry the sevenths um, um, henchmen and <laughs> uh, you you have John Dudley who um who of course brings Lady Jane Grey to the throne. He's uh he's he's executed as a traitor as of course is his son um Guilford Dudley. Uh uh Marie, I'm one third done whoops uh, with the house of Dudley and loving it, but I'm slightly overwhelmed so far because there is such an abundance of information. There is. <laughs> I actually did my usual listen to it on audible and then bought the book <laughs> so um and i actually found 
that some of the bits about Edmund Dudley especially, I was listening to it in the evening and I had to carry on listening because some of the stuff I, I found so disturbing about how he raised money for Henry VII's coffers, um, it really perturbed me and I had to carry on reading a little bit longer because it, it really is quite shocking. Um, so, so yes, yeah, so, so Joanne's book, it, it follows the story and what it does is it, not only are you learning about the Dudley family, um, and their incredible story in itself. <coughs> Pardon me. It, they, you are seeing the Tudor monarchs from a different viewpoint. Um, so it gives you again another view, and the Dudley um, <laughs> rise and end. Again, the whole thing parallels the Tudor um, family. You, you, you've got the rise of Edmund Dudley the rise of Henry VII and then you've got Elizabeth I and her favourite Robert Dudley dying at the end with no heirs it's really quite incredible and I was able to listen to Joanne Paul like I say talk in St Mary's um, Warwick which is where Robert Dudley and Lettuce Knowles his uh, his wife were buried or are buried um, and his uh, and his brother Ambrose Dudley I will be interviewing Joanne Paul um, very soon uh, in the next few weeks. So if you are a patron, then you can submit your own questions for Joanne. And what happens is I interview Joanne and then I put the questions that patrons have asked um, to her. And that makes up an extended version of the interview, which patrons can get hold of. Um, also, if you're a patron and you watch an interview, it's ad free. So you don't get any of the irritating um, adverts that, that stop the video. Um, so if you are a patron and you want to ask Joe a question about the House of Dudley, um, then you can submit those now over on Patreon. If you're not a patron and you'd like to be, then um, go over to patreon.com forward slash British history and you can join. It's only it's five pounds a month. I know I was going to say only, but you know, <laughs> everything should be good value. Um, it's your money and you have earned it hard. I am sure. So, um, so you get over there, you get to ask, uh, historians your own questions. You get to see obviously their answers. No one else gets to see that bit and it's ad free. Um, you get a monthly blog, um, in the third or fourth week, someone tell me at the end of each month and you get um you get bonus pictures from places i've been um which i don't share anywhere else and there's a whole other heap you get discounts off uh, off uh, um, events and you get early access to tickets for events and tours as well um and i think they've put some other stuff in there as well i can't remember oh you get 10% off Tudor places magazine as well so so it's 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 not bad and actually do you know what you could ask for it for a Christmas present because you can you can get a year subscription um, in one go so I think it gets you 10% off if you do that so you can do that and get it as a Christmas present or buy it as a Christmas present for somebody else so we talked about Harvington Hall I will talk more about that in my newsletter this week because I am going to be there tomorrow night in the candlelight which will be rather fabulous with 38 performers. So it's going to feel like it would have felt when the house was occupied. Cannot wait. Um, so we've talked about Harvington Hall. Um, we've talked about the Stuart Summit. Thank you so much to those who've already bought your tickets. Thank you to those who say you're going to go and buy your tickets right now. I'm very grateful. You will, I think, absolutely, uh, well, enjoy it obviously find it fascinating um like i say i've seen all the talks ready so i know that it's going to be fabulous they 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 knit together lovely um and uh and and also i've got the two books that i recommended for you so gareth russell's do let's have another drink which apparently is the phrase the queen mother would have used if she suspected you were trying to get away from the party and she wasn't ready <laughs> to go to bed yet which I think she's a bit of a party animal. And the other one is Joanne Paul's The House of Dudley, which I would thoroughly recommend. And um, and if you want to ask Joanne a question about The House of Dudley, please do so by going over to my Patreon. Check out my interview with Dr. Cat about our Bella Stewart. 
if you're a patron you've already had access to my interview with Kate McCaffrey that was the last thing I was going to talk to you about Kate McCaffrey is the assistant curator at Hever Castle alongside she works alongside Dr Owen Emerson and Kate's work for her masters was on one of Anne Boleyn's book of hours that they have at Hever now this is um, the so-called printed version it is a printed version but we go into um what exactly the book how the book was made what the book was for, used for how the book was interacted with how the book was personalized there's a lot more to it than you would guess um i also asked her well what was she originally looking for in the books of ours because anyone who doesn't know this story already kate discovered um extra inscriptions which had been erased so I asked her also about how they were raised, how she found them again, what they say, who they were by, what that tells us about the book um, and what happened to it after Anne Boleyn's death. Um, so we go into all that. Now, if you're already a patron, you've got, sorry, if you are a patron, you've already got access to that. If you're not, then the um, YouTube version of that uh, and the podcast goes live on Sunday. So. You've got that to look forward to as well thank you everyone for joining me it's been fabulous to be back i should be back next week um i will try and stick to time perhaps we should move it to 1 30 i don't know just look out for me i'll be around i'll be around all right everyone thank you so much and have a fabulous day bye bye